Welcome to the Inspiring Humans podcast. We are so happy to have you listening. My name is Stephanie Willard, and this podcast is a platform to showcase the incredible human spirit. On this podcast, I'll be interviewing people from all over the world and all walks of life who will be sharing with us their personal dreams and their dreams for the future. I believe that through coming together and creating community, incredible things are possible. In fact, anything is possible. And I hope that this podcast is a launch pad for creating the new world that we want to see that will have humanity free, thriving and living in their full self-expression. So it's absolutely fantastic to be here with Michael McCarthy today and interviewing him all the way from Ireland and isn't technology just incredible that we can connect with our friends from across the world. I am so excited to be having a chat and sharing Michael's story with all of our listeners to the Inspiring Humans podcast today because Michael is a very um, incredibly unique man whose energy you can just feel through the screen <laughs> and, you know, through the voice and enthusiasm for life that, you know, with the expression that they use in French, uh, joy de vivre, <laughs> which is, you know, joy for life. And today I want to chat to Michael about the many miracles that have happened in his life through having an incredibly powerful you know realizing and understanding the power of the mind and just a little bit of background and context to that Michael and I have both participated in an incredibly life-changing seminar called Educo which uh, was uh, gave us the tools and equipped us with the knowledge of basically like the keys to life the secrets to life and how to avail of our own connection and power and how to to really make that work for us in life. And, you know, without without speaking too much, I'd love to, you know, Michael, to hear a bit of background on you before we get into some of the miracles that have happened in your life and just, a bit, you know, a bit about your family and your upbringing and, and who you are. Okay, thanks a million, Stephanie. Thanks for this opportunity as well. Um, so uh, I'm the eldest of eight kids um, and, my mom and dad were absolutely incredible, uh, fantastic role models. And we believed we had everything growing up, um, which obviously we didn't. But we, they just, there was so much just joy and love in our house. Uh, they were fantastic role models, very encouraging. Um, and I suppose from a young age, even one of the things my mom used to do is uh, if we came in off the street and we wanted to have a good whinge or a crib about somebody else, uh, she'd say, listen, just before you start to know, um, they might have got a bit of bad news or there might be something went wrong in their family today. So wouldn't you give them a break? And we'd be kind of going, all right. And then she'd say, go on, oh, tell me what you were going to say. And we'd say, sure, I can't tell you, no, because you're after spoiling it. <laughs> So it was kind of like not to be going on about stupid stuff. And yeah, so that was it. And I suppose, um, as I mentioned to you before earlier, my mom started doing yoga at a time when it was totally unfashionable. Um, as a matter of fact, my aunts and uncles would have probably said she was a cuckoo. Um, she used to take health supplements. She used to watch her diet. She used to do meditation. Um, so I suppose when you see something like that, it seems normal and that that was a brilliant introduction for everyone in our family then as well um, my dad was unbelievable then he worked two jobs 
um, to give us a great life as well. Um, and yeah, so that's it. I'm married to Helen. Um, we've been with each other since we were 15 years of age. Um, kids just met each other. Uh, every conversation we had bore our heads nodding in agreement. Um, we just love life. We were excited about life even when we were 15. Uh, and we made great plans for our future together. Um, so, yeah, I do you want me to say one or two things about, like, even something about my dad or? Definitely, yeah, share whatever you feel yeah. about your family and your upbringing. Yeah, so, so um, I, I, was, I was married, we were married when we were 21 and um, my dad was shifted to hospital. And as I said, I'm the eldest of eight kids. I have five sisters and two brothers. And my mom was called to the hospital and she asked me, would I go with her? And we went into the doctor and uh, he just said, look, I'm really sorry to have to tell you this, but your husband is riddled with cancer. So we didn't even bother operating. We just sewed him back up again. And he has about six months to get his affairs in order. So obviously we were both devastated, crying, asked a couple of questions and came outside the hospital. And we were leaning against the lamppost and um, now, these are words that came out of my mouth. And at the time, I have no idea where they came from. So I just said to my mom, mom, if we tell other people about dad being ill, is it going to make him better? And she said, no. And I said, so why don't we just agree not to talk about it or discuss it with anybody else? Um, because if he was to walk into his local pub and if people noticed him and they started saying, oh God, there's Sean, we heard he's dying of cancer. That would have killed him before the cancer would have. And she agreed. And I said, and you know, then his sisters, they absolutely idolize him. So again, if they see him out and about, they're going to be buying him drinks and they'll, they'll pour the drinks back his throat and they'll kill him with kindness. And she agreed with that as well. So we made an agreement that we would only tell my brother who was next to me and uh, my mom would tell her sister and nobody else. So my dad came out of hospital um, it was never discussed and my dad pretended that there was nothing wrong and we pretended that there was nothing wrong and we went about our daily life and every night obviously then myself and my mom would be praying like lunatics uh, for a great result and after a couple of months anyway um, one of my sisters came in and said that she was getting married so I called my mom and I said look mom this is what we'll do now we'll, we'll pray now again every night and we'd see dad walking up the aisle of the church and giving Carmel away at the altar. And that happened. And then a couple of months later, Carmel came in and said, I'm pregnant. So called my mom again. I said, here we go again. Oh, we start praying every night. We'd see dad holding the baby at the, the waterfront at the baptism for the first grandchild. And that happened. And then about another year later, one of my other sisters came in and we went through the same rigmarole again, praying that he'd be there. And then after a while, this just became normal. And this, it, it became so normal that after a while, then we almost absolutely forgot about my dad being sick, but he did have to go back for checkups. And then after a couple of years, the doctor said to him, I have no logical explanation, but your body is completely clear of cancer. And my dad lived. For 23 years after that which was phenomenal and then Helen and I started going to um oh that, sorry and then 
Helen and I, obviously, we were married then and um, we thought we were going to be like most Irish families and that we'd be uh, dropping kids, no problem at all. And we were married for four years and there was no sign of a family. So we went and had tests done and I discovered that I didn't have enough swimmers. And they just told me that the little few that I had were doing the backstroke so that there'd be no hope of us having a family. And um, we were saying, fine. And sure, look, we said, there's other ways. And we went down the adoption route and went through all the, the interview process. And it was very, you know, grueling. Um, so we decided to book a foreign holiday and went off to the Canaries and had a great time and came back. And then after a couple of weeks, Helen was saying that she didn't feel well. So lo and behold, Helen is pregnant. And then within four years, we have three kids. So we have Mark, our eldest guy, and we have Emma and Susan. So three miracle babies. Um, and so they're like, just put everything in context. They're just two amazing stories in a list of about thousands of other miracles. Um, but at the time, like I suppose at the time you were saying, God, isn't it wonderful that this happened? Not thinking of them as miracles, but they are. And honestly, I, Helen and I would both recognize that every single thing in our life, including each other, um, are gifts from God. You know, like, and we, we recognize that. So then at one point, um, Helen's dad died and um, Helen heard of these relaxation classes in Cork being run by uh, Padder and Imelda and um, who were later to become great friends of ours. And then after a while, I started going into the relaxation classes as well. And we were kind of baffled at how something so simple as a one hour meditation could cause such a shift in your mind and in your mindset and allow you to let go of stuff that you wouldn't be consciously aware of that you're holding on to. And then um, Dr. Tony Quinn then decided that he was going to put together um, a seminar and do it in the Bahamas. And actually the first five seminars were a series of university studies and we happened to be on seminar five. Um, so this was just the most exciting thing to ever happen that we were going on to the Bahamas um, on a two week seminar, both of us together. And we did the two week seminar, which you've done also. Um, and we were just blown away by it. Um, I suppose a lot of the stuff that we learned at the seminar is that we had been doing it in our own life, um, but we weren't consciously aware of what the steps were. So we were doing it on a hit and miss basis um, where Tony was able to show us the steps, the structure and the pattern. And then we could teach it to somebody else as well. Um, so like you, we did the two week seminar and at the time we were in um, the pub business and we had a pub in Cork and um, we just applied everything that we learned on the seminar to the business. Um, we used to, like, our business was mostly busy kind of Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And um, we were saying, what could we do to kind of increase business maybe on a Monday or a Tuesday night? And a friend of ours just casually said, um, why don't you have a backpackers night? And there was a, a a backpackers hostel not far from where the pub was called Sheila's, very, very famous with Australians, New Zealanders, and other people from all over the world. Um, 
So we came up with a backpackers night and we had traditional music and um, it was like, I suppose on a Tuesday night, it would be a very quiet night for most pubs um, in the city centre. And the staff, we used to have two or three staff and then they'd be saying, oh my God, Michael, it's very quiet. And I'd say, listen, enjoy it now because this won't be like this forever because we're going to have coaches pulling up outside that door and you won't even have time to breathe. And honest to God, we started the backpackers night and I'd say within a short few months, it literally was like as if coaches were pulling up outside the door. It was the only pub in Cork to be in on a Tuesday night. We were jammed out to the doors. You couldn't breathe. Like it was so packed inside that it was unbelievable. So as part of the university study then with the businesses, Jim Fitzgerald, who does a lot of the work with Tony on the seminar as well, he came to interview us about our results. And sure, we were only thrilled to be able to tell him, oh my God, Jim, like the results are gone off the scale. And like, it's the pub to come to now on a Tuesday night. And the atmosphere was fantastic. We even had a radio show um, send their crew down um, with the paddy wagon, which is a bus that goes all over Ireland as well. And they came and so the exposure that we got and everything from it was brilliant. Like you couldn't make this up. It was phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> they're the kind of things that happen for us. That's so, phenomenal. I love, I love those stories because it really highlights, you know, the power of the mind and what is possible when we believe. And you, you know, the common thread in all of those stories is you, you believed what you, you know, the outcome that you saw in your mind and that you felt was possible. You believed in it and then it came to fruition. Yeah. Um, and no, I, I, I suppose if you were to meet lots of people who know us in Cork City um, when we were younger, we'd be talking about stuff and people used to say, oh my God, the two of them are two cuckoos. And, and, and they practically would say it within hearing distance. And then I'd turn around and I'd say to them, yeah, but we're two of the happiest cuckoos you'll ever come across anyway. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so good. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Wow. So um, I'd love you to just share a bit more about your, you know, that because it's very obvious in your voice, in, you know, in communication with you, you have so much of that joy and gratitude for life. And, you know, if someone was uh, looking at you and listening to this interview and thinking, where does he get that from? You know, is it just naturally a positive attitude or how, how would you describe that personally? Where do you get that constant joy and enthusiasm and gratitude for life? Well, um, if I was to be really honest, I wasn't always like this. Um, I suppose like every teenager, you're feeling insecure and you feel, are, are you good enough and all that kind of stuff. And then I met Helen and it was like, oh my God, she just thought I was the greatest thing. And I thought she was the greatest thing as well. So, so I suppose in that respect, we were very, very lucky. Um, and then, um, what else would I say? Then I suppose it's about that gratitude. Like we're both very grateful for everything in our lives. Um, does everything always go perfect for us? Absolutely not. We have challenges exactly the same as everybody else. Um, but I suppose what we, what we don't do is we don't let the stuff pull us right down to the 
to the level where we're not able to function. So, okay, we have, we, we have challenges and you get slapped across the face, you don't like it. But I suppose so one of the things we, we, we kind of really always say is, but sure, look, we know that this has happened to us before and something brilliant has come out of it. So that's nearly, that's nearly like our mantra, you know, if anything at all happens, it's like, oh Jesus, I, I'm not really enjoying this now, but we know that something brilliant is going to come out at the end of it, um, which is brilliant because that, that kind of saves you from going into a downward spiral. Um, and then I would have to say 100%, um, because we've attended the seminar with Tony, because we have all this material that we learned when we were in the seminar, we have all the notes, we have the, the, the CDs and the recordings for doing the relaxation. Um, we both go to the gym regularly. We train because we see the, the physical training as being a meditation in itself and um, pushes you beyond what you think you're capable of doing. Um, we watch what we eat. Um, we enjoy a drink, but again, we know to limit that as well. Um, we have great fun. I would say, oh my God, that's probably the first thing have as much fun as you possibly can laugh and have you know have just to have the crack because that just changes everything um and i suppose i don't know whether it's an irish thing or what but we're great at kind of like taking the piss out of each other and out of situations um and even when things are really dire i suppose we're able to we're able to laugh at those kind of situations as well and it kind of lessens the effect that they can have on you um, but um, so yeah, all of the material from the seminar, then um, we would use that on a daily basis. Uh, we'd go through our notes. Um, and I suppose if I was to bring that full circle, then um, we have had the most amazing life. We've been all over the world. Um, I was ju just looking at a photograph here on the fridge where in 2011, we were in Australia for six weeks. We did... Um, a 10-day cruise of the Pacific Islands, Lefou, I just can see it up here in the photograph. Um, we, we've just done amazing things. And then about um, five years ago, um, our business went through a bit of a rocky patch and we sold our home, invested the money in the business, just hoping that things would turn again. And it didn't happen. And so about... Four years ago then we found ourselves unemployed at 59 well yeah 58 years of age which wasn't a very comfortable place to be but we we had all these resources um so no matter what was going on we still kept going to the gym we still kept listening to the meditation um, and we just kept saying look something will happen something will come out of this and something great is going to happen so we just kept things as light as possible and then one day our daughter said, look, I'm going to bang out um, your CV to a number of places because the days of having your CV and walking in and meeting a human being are practically gone now. So I didn't know where she was sending these. So they went off everywhere anyway. And um, Helen got a phone call then from a, a, a young couple in Cork. They're from Belfast and they own... Um, a huge opticians in the city center. It's one of the biggest in the city center. 
beautiful couple, Claire and John, they're in their middle thirties and they interviewed Helen. And then about 24 hours later, I was with Helen and she put it on speaker and I could hear John saying, hi, Helen, I, I'm delighted to be giving you the job. Uh, Claire and I, we were so impressed with you. Uh, and they were using words like kindness and um, everything that came from you was just so perfect. And we, we were just laughing, both of us. And they were saying, we would love to have you on board. And Helen was thrilled. So that was it anyway. So uh, then I went on. Oh yeah, I, then I went off to London because my aunt had died. And when I was over there, I got a phone call and uh, hello, this is Specsavers. And I said, oh, hi. And they said, we'd love for you to come in for an interview. And I said, well, I'm in London at the moment. So look, um, I'll be back on Monday and I'll call in for the interview. So great stuff. Went in for the interview and I met Claire, who is John's wife. And just before she said anything, I said, look, Claire, before we say anything, I just want you to know that I'm Helen's husband. And she said, oh, great. So there's two of you. And I said, yeah. And honest to God, we, we didn't talk any, any about it. We talked about everything about from an interview. And we had just so much fun chatting away. So she said, look, I let you know, uh, uh, you know, whatever. So then we got a phone call and they said, look, we'd be thrilled to have both of you um, working in the store. And then when we met them, they said, look, before anything happens, we, we'd love to, for you to have uh, to come in as store supervisors. No, honestly, we went into that job with no experience whatsoever in anything to do with opticians. Um, and so we were given a three-week training course in a classroom. And honestly, it would have been er, er, easier to learn Japanese. There were nights that we came home, we couldn't sleep. And we were going, oh, sweet Jesus. How are we going to? We just laughed and we were going, oh, how are we? And we said, look, we'll still give it a try anyway. So then we just said to Claire and John, look, um, could we book into your store for an appointment um, to have our eyes tested just to understand the customer journey? And they said, oh, that would be a great idea. So that's what we did. This is something really, really important to know. Helen went in first, had her eyes tested. And during the course of the eye test, the optician said, uh, I'm just going to refer you to a specialist. So Helen thought nothing of it, went to see the specialist and the specialist said, whoa, um, how did this referral come about? And Helen said, look, I'm just starting a new job. And as part of it, I went for a, a routine check. And he said, you're one lucky lady. He said, because if you didn't come to see me today, you would have lost your sight within the next six months. And we were going, oh, sweet Jesus, this is just God. Again, just again, another like fantastic thing to happen. So, so we told Claire and John and they were going, wow, this is amazing. So anyway, the store opened and before we opened, John and Claire um, split us into two groups, 13 people. And they asked us to, I had one group, Helen had the other group, to write down on a board, uh, what would we love the store to be? I wrote down with the team that I had what we wanted and Helen did the same. And when we turned both boards around, uh, we had practically the exact same things word for word. And everything on it was about seven star service, um, a united team, everybody so respectful, fantastic customers uh, where everybody 
supported each other, the perfect mental climate, just, you know, they were like buzzwords, but this is what we had. And this is three years later, and we now work in a store, and I swear to God, the customers that come in, um, we have management come from other stores, head office, they come and do inspections, and they come into the store and they say things to myself and Helen, they say things, whoa, um, do you have different lighting in this store because it seems so bright and um, you must spend all day shining the frames and the glasses because everything looks so bright and so shiny. And they go through this whole list and we just look at each other, we start bursting laughing. And even Claire and John, the owners, when they come into the store, they say things like this as well. And we kind of look at each other, we keep saying to Claire and John, no, John, this and Claire as well, we said, look, we love, and the staff, the whole team, we love you, Claire and John. We're so grateful to both of you that you invested in this business and gave every single one of us um, a living. And because we love you and we love the job, we love the customers, we love each other, there's huge respect. Everybody works as a team. Um, and that love then is just going into everything that we touch. So that when the customers come into the store, this is what they're hit with. No, nobody can put a word on it. But if you saw the comments that come in on emails, time and time again, it's like kindness, the professionalism, the warmth. Um, it, it's like, it's unbelievable. And so all we've really done is we've installed the Educo model into the store, which is about drawing out the potential in each and every single person that we interact with. And so in our store, we have um, optoms, um, optometrists, and they're from, we have Jebin, who's from Kerala in, in India. We have Michelle, who's Nigerian, CJ, who's Nigerian, Raquel, who's Spanish, um, and we have one or two Irish optoms as well. And then we have somebody from uh, Sanya from Croatia. So like we, it's a multicultural um, group and we all have different backgrounds, different religions, everything. And here we are then, and we're like this little group living in heaven. And Michelle even, one of the optimists said one day, she says, wow, it's amazing, Michael. I mean, we come into work every day every one of us, we're so happy. We're so happy to even be here. Um, we're so happy for each other if somebody gets a result. And she says, it's amazing, isn't it? And I said, yeah, I said, and Michelle, I said, imagine this is like a microcosm of what the whole world could be. Just by everybody agreeing to participate, to support each other, to agree on, on a basic set of principles, um, and to help each other at every opportunity. And I said, and this is what happens then. This is what we get to live in. Uh, and, she, she, and she says, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> but like, these are the kind of conversations we have in work. Um, Incredible. So, yeah. <laughs> Incredible, so good. So good, so many golden nuggets there you know, and takeaways for people, just the, the trust and the faith in life and, you know, the mantras that you've made in terms of, you know, not going, not 
getting too carried away with the negative thoughts, you know, not, not getting dragged down past a certain point and just that incredible faith and trust that life has your back and, you know, the story about your wife going and, and being told that her eyesight needed to be, you know, checked at that point in time. I mean, we don't know why things are happening, but when we look back, sometimes the dots connect and it's like, you know, we are being we are being looked after completely by yeah. life and by God. And it's, you know, it comes in the most random ways, which is so magical, you know, and yeah. it just and I just absolutely love how you described your relationship with your wife, you know, that you draw out the best in each other and that she, you know, she thought you were fabulous and you thought she was, you know, the best thing and you just, you know, draw out the best in each other. And I mean, that's what more can you ask for in a life partner? That's and the fun aspect that comes with it. And, you know, that's and that you've passed on to now the people in your workplace and, as you said, drawing out the potential in everyone that you meet and that's possible for all of us in our lives. And, you know, for the listeners to this podcast, you know, where we, we can all ask ourselves in our life, do, do we do that with everyone that we meet, you know, on a daily basis, whether it's the, the person we're paying, you know, the petrol station or, you know, whoever we come across, do we leave them feeling uplifted you know, more uplifted than when we met them. And you obviously, you know, do that with everybody that you meet and it's having an incredible impact for, you know, because it comes back at you and that's the thing. It reflects back oh. to you and you you get it back in, you know, a hundredfold, which is the, the magical thing about life. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I said this before, genuinely, like all the stuff, like we couldn't give stuff away, like, we couldn't give it away because it comes flying in another door or another window. Um, I mean, even the couple that we work for, oh my God, they're so respectful, kind, generous. Um, the team that we work for, the customers even, they, they drop in boxes of chocolate. Like, this is just for serving somebody. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, and I think I think it's a, an absolutely fantastic example to use because it's one workplace and you've you've lit that workplace up to the extent that it's shining out to so many others, you know, for the customers to be dropping in boxes of chocolate. It's like <laughs> that's incredible. But that's possible for every single workplace and that's possible for every single person to in the you know environment that they exist in every day to create that. I think you use the term mental climate and it was like a, a microcosm of what's possible in the world. I love that analogy because that's exactly what it is. What we create is our participation, our choice, the words we choose, the energy that we choose to give to it. And that, you know, the energy of love and abundance and all of that amazing energy that you have that you've invested in to this role has blossomed, you know, like a, a the Garden of Eden. I'm kind of getting an image of the, And that's that's how it works. You know, that's how it works because we all have that in us. And it's just it's just finding that in everybody and speaking to that and allowing that to really come out, you know, in a safe environment to come out and to 
blossom and to get stronger and to turn the light up in everybody that we meet. And that's, you know, your example is just such a stunning example of that. So I'm so happy to be able to, you know, both hear your story and the way that you tell it, because you've got an incredible way of, you know, telling stories, but also <laughs> to be able to share that with other people is, you know, such an incredible gift. And, and the other thing then is that, um, like, even in the workplace, we like we have books in the little staff room, but there your book is there, um, the, from the Tin Shed to the United Nations, like, and we have Jay Shetty, we have uh, the Duco brochure, so we we kind of have these in the workplace just to show people, um, like, this is something that is in the consciousness if you could just tap into it, and. Um, yeah, and the perfect mental claim is we even have a poster on the back door um, with Oprah Winfrey on there saying uh, we are all individually responsible for the energy we bring into the workplace. And like, so nobody brings any of their, their stuff into work, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, and, and you see then what that allows you, it gives you a bit of a break as well from any kind of rubbish that's going on in your life. Um, so much so that it gets so pushed back out that you'd nearly have to go searching for it after a while. <laughs> you're not talking about it. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the things you said when you were sharing the story about your father was that you, you know, you were praying and you saw him healthy and well and walking and you, you, you know, you had that really clear image of him being healthy and well when he'd been told that he only had six months to live that you almost forgot that he was ill which yeah, yeah. is incredible and just the power of being able to hold somebody in that space you know is is totally magical and you know your story is an example of the magic but there's so so many stories out there of that happening of people around you know unwell people holding them in the, the, you know, the image of being health and, healthy and well again and that happening for them. One million percent. And, and I suppose um, the biggest one thing I wanted to say was when I said even the words to my mom outside of the hospital, and I used to say this when I tell people later on, I don't know where the words came from. And then I met Tony, Dr. Tony Quinn, and the classes and the seminar, and I went, oh, my God, imagine that was life because I wouldn't have had I didn't have that knowledge to be able to say those words so those like and and so that like that's amazing because then I understood as well that it has nothing to do with whether you went to college or whether you got these degrees it has nothing to do with any of that stuff like this is an intelligence that's absolutely jumping around inside in every single one of us and it's just it's just dying to get out and communicate with us and communicate with everybody else. Um, and, and I suppose, again, I, I know I'm harping on the workplace, but like in that workplace, because we've created that um, perfect mental climate, it means everybody is safe to just be themselves, have a bit of fun. Uh, nobody is dead serious about pretending to be somebody that they're, it's just, everybody is just so relaxed. Um, that we, we even say that it's success through happiness. 
Oh, I love that. And yeah, that's such an important point as well to, you know, the freedom and the ease of just being yourself and not trying to be anything that you're not. And I remember, you know, that being one of the first points that were, uh, that Tony spoke to in the seminar, the, you know, when you're just yourself and you can truly authentically be yourself, that's when your light shines the most and when you're the most powerful and have the most impact on others. And I, yeah, I just remember thinking that is so simple, but it's been so lost, you know, in society. And even, you know, introducing you today on the, the podcast, I <laughs> kind of thought after your introduction, oh my God, I didn't say, you know, where you work or what your title is, or, but it, it doesn't matter to me. You no, know, that, it, it, it actually see, doesn't matter. This is, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, do you know what? No, maybe it's with age, I don't know. But you know what? None of those things, those titles and everything, none of that matters. Um, it, it's about just living from that goodness, that love, that, that, that's within every single one of us. Um, which is, uh, uh, yeah. And it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. Um, and all it takes is like, even if you're in the, at the checkout in the supermarket, like it is a habit for people to have their head down and um, have your credit card, have your club card, do you need a plastic bag and not even look up at you for you to say, and how's your, how's your day going today? And then they have to look up at you, oh Jesus, somebody is actually speaking to me. <laughs> um, and you get a response from people as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, that can lift their mood in a second and can, you know, put them on a high for the rest of the day. You just don't know where you're being placed, you know, and for what reason. But as long as you're, you know, and, and something that also struck me in what you've just shared with us is even in the tough times, you stuck to your practices and your disciplines and your relaxation and your, you know, you'd kept the faith even in the hard times and that ser has served you so well. And, you know, I love that mantra that you have, you know, when, it, when it's, when things are a bit tough that, you know, something fantastic must be coming. <laughs> that's just, that's just gold. But I, I agree with you. I think, you know, that the model that the seminar taught is, absolutely life-changing and it works when we implement it in our lives and it's very simple as well and you know if anyone's listening and wants to know more about that I'm sure you or I would be happy for people to reach out to and ask more about because I'm sure you know when when I've come across such an incredible experience in my life all I want to do is to be able to share it with others and for others to have that experience and you know my mum and dad went out on the seminar after I did and then my little sister went out too to experience it because they saw a massive shift in me and it's just it's just coming back to self and center and the um I suppose the understanding but also it, it's experiential the experience of the power of that and you you see uh you see the results of you yourself being able to tap into that in the reality around you in the people's comments in people being drawn to you in you know all sorts of ways and I just think you know we all have that ability every single one of us and the more we can tap into that that's 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 actually what's going to change the world um and I know that you've got the and thank you because you know I've never I've never met you in person but you I think you heard about the the book that I'd written and you yeah you know, brought the books for the workplace and the staff members and that you know, that book and my my past is about working in uh, underprivileged communities and um, underprivileged in terms of, you know, 
Nepal is one of the poorest countries in the world. So uh, women and, you know, with disabilities and marginalised women working in those communities. But the, the seminar brought me a whole new understanding around actually to make the ultimate difference. It starts with us and it's tapping into that incredible life force that is infinite you know there's no end to it so that's why you know people kind of go how can you be positive or like how can you have such positive energy all the time and it's like well when you're tapping into something greater than yourself it's just you know it's not it's not going to be used up it's just it's just there and it's it's infinite for us to tap into absolutely um and every single person has this inside them every single person that has this on un unbelievable magic and potential within them um and it's just like a tiny little string sticking out of your belly button it only needs one person to just pull it a little bit at a time and i suppose if there was anybody listening to this one million percent the seminar is the fastest quickest way of getting the job done and dusted because in that 10 days like Tony is the master in the world at doing this. Um, he's proven it. Um, all the, all the, the, the evidence is there um, with the, the operations, Steve Collins, the boxer, the businesses, XJet, the oil in Belize, and Belize, and the miracles that I'm talking about. There are thousands of these on file in Dublin and Eccles Street from people who did postal requests as well. So like, this is just it. This is the answer, and that's all about it, really. <laughs> yeah, incredible. And um, yeah, it's been so nice to hear more about you and your story. And I just I remember hearing you share that story for the first time about your um, about your workplace and just the the energy coming from you and the enthusiasm. And that, as an example, is just phenomenal. And I think you know the more people hear that, the better because we take. <laughs> We take uh, inspiration from these stories and we implement it in our own life. So it's an incredible gift and privilege, uh, Michael, to be chatting to you today and to be able to share your story with all the listeners of the Inspiring Humans podcast. Thank you so much. And thanks a million. And talk to you soon, Steph. God bless. Thanks for listening to our Inspiring Humans podcast. And I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any inspiring human in mind that you would like to nominate, please reach out and let us know. Also, you're very welcome to become part of our Facebook group called Inspiring Humans, where you can connect with incredible people from around the globe. Uh, thirdly, if you are interested in being part of a global network, we have an incredible community at sevencontinentscouncil.com, where we hold events, programs, and many different initiatives that you can be involved in. Thank you and see you again soon.